0: It is about learning how to pay attention without micromanaging. So, I often talk about paying attention to alignment on the mat. I spend so many hours of the day and of the years that I've been teaching talking about alignment that it can be sometimes confused with micromanaging alignment. And there's a very big difference. Paying attention is an art. It is about facilitating change. It's about being mindful. It's about being awake versus micromanaging is getting so consumed in the minutia that growth is impaired, frustration is heightened, and the tasks are usually abandoned at that point. So don't confuse the two. And here's why we really need to learn how to better pay attention without the micromanaging, because what we're basically doing is we are better managing a habit or better managing many habits. And when I think of practicing on the mat, it is a canvas where we get to practice and create movement and behavioral patterns and habits that we want to then bring into all aspects of our lives. And there really is no better way than practicing in the movement system, practicing that art of paying attention, of being mindful, of being awake, of not going into subconscious habitual movement patterns that for many might not be serving them in the long run. So if someone talks about an alignment-focused practice or this practice has a lot to do with alignment, I hope you won't be deterred by that. I hope you won't think that, hey, the body's really smart. We're really smart. We should be able to move in all kinds of ways. Well, while that might be true, our bodies do have innate wisdom, but they are often muted to some of that wisdom that we're born with because we get into suboptimal habits. That can be from sitting too much, doing one movement too much. Our posture is not optimal. So our starting lineup, our starting place is not setting us up for the most optimal movement. And then this can just become a continual cycle of movement that is less optimal. And the reason why paying attention to alignment is so important is it's not about the look or the achievement of a pose in yoga or of a movement or a transition. It's about the way that you are really embodying the pose, the way that you are paying attention to the movements that get you there. So again, it's not about micromanaging, it's about better managing of a habit. So when we pay attention to alignment, we are invited to fully inhabit the experience we're having. And we're not just moving from a state of memory, because sometimes memory, as I mentioned, can be a suboptimal habit that's just gotten more hardwired. So for instance, if you have just gotten the habit because you were in high school and sitting a lot and then you were in college and sitting a lot, not even if you were in college, but then you went and had a job where you were sitting a lot. And then you decided, hey, to counter all this sitting, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to work out for an hour or I'm going to go for a run or I'm even going to go and practice for an hour. If you don't pay attention to how you move in this new space, in this hour that you're giving yourself, for instance, You're just going to carry your habits from the day into your movement and your movement might improve as you get warmer, as the blood flows, as the tissues loosen up, but you still are creating a series of habits in your movement patterns that are probably not optimal if you're not consciously paying attention to your alignment. So going on autopilot is not going to serve most people. We have to pay attention. And again, that's in the practice of yoga, especially in lit yoga, where we really are so mindful from the first moment we step on the mat to reestablishing a better posture, to reestablishing better motor firing. You, You know how our muscles respond to the demand that's placed on them. Well, if the demand is placed on them is you know, for instance, trying to get your glutes to fire so you can get hip extension, but your memory and your habit is that you are moving from a place of an anterior tilted pelvis, your glutes are not getting sufficient communication to them. And so you'll probably choose, and this is happening in microseconds, you're probably going to choose to use more of your back or more on your hamstrings to extend your hip. You repeat that thousands and thousands of times, and that becomes your autopilot. So you need to pay attention to alignment because when you're invited to become aware of how you're inhabiting your body and how you're moving your joints, you are recreating a better movement that is not part of that kind of habitual wiring in the brain. And so how do we do this? You know, if you take my lit yoga classes, you know we do this every single time. But say you're not even doing yoga. Here's ways that you can start to think about it. First of all, in movement, the way to pay attention to details is ask yourself first, am I moving in my hips or am I moving in my pelvis? Well, many people might not have an idea what the distinction between the two is. The pelvis, you have these large bones in the center of your body. You have a left and right side of your pelvis, and they connect in the front via the pubis, the pubic bone that has a cartilaginous disc between it, the pubic symphysis. There, you sit on your ischial tuberosities. We also we often think of sit bones, and those are the lower part, the ischium of the pelvis. And then at the back, the the pelvis meets the low back at the sacrum. So the SI joint, sacroiliac joint, is where the sacrum of the low back meets the pelvis. So when you move your pelvis, you are inevitably impacting the spine because of that communication between the sacrum and the ilium. And so often when we move the pelvis, it's a tipping forward or backward, or it can also laterally tilt. So you can hike your hip We often say, but you're really hiking up your pelvis. And then you can rotate. So when you're walking, there's a slight amount of rotation. Say if the left foot is coming forward, the pelvis will rotate uh, to bring that hip forward. It's a small amount of movement. So movement at the pelvis is moving these bones over the femur, the femoral head, the ball of the ball and socket joint of the hip. So just think of that bigger skeletal part of our body moving over the femoral head, the hip. That's movement of the pelvis. Movement of the hip is moving that femoral head within the pelvis, the little cavity of the pelvis called the acetabulum. So I often ask people to think of moving in the pelvis as happening above the hip and movement of the hip is happening under the pelvis. That's not totally accurate, but when you feel it in your body, that will make sense. So, for instance, if you were standing up and I said, lift your hip, right hip into hip flexion, we don't want the pelvis to move. So, you should be able to bend your right knee and lift it up like you were marching, and there shouldn't be a change in your low spine, and there shouldn't be a rounding of your pelvis. Often that happens. So, people are executing a motion. It will look like they're doing hip flexion and they might be doing some hip flexion, but then they'll get some of the movement in the pelvis. The problem with doing that over time is you're losing some of the hip mobility that's very much needed for other tasks. So that's an active hip flexion. But say I want to really get down on the ground and squat to to tie my shoes. To do that, my hips need to move back in space and so that hip joint is moving under the pelvis backwards and the pelvis isn't changing. And that means that I am fully flexing at the hips well so that I can lean over and tie my shoe. If I've gotten the habit of moving the pelvis over the femur, I'll go and tie my shoe. I might be successful at doing it, but in the process, I'm rounding in my low back. So I'm having this movement that is not as optimal because the habit when I move my hip is that I often will also move my pelvis. So when we practice yoga, when you practice anything, can you think about move and distinguish between those two? We want to have movement in the pelvis, by the way. It's just that we do not want to have movement in the pelvis as a compensatory strategy for moving in the hips. So that is where we're not micromanaging. We are paying attention to the details of what we're asking the body to do. And by doing that, we're influencing the tissues around the hips and pelvis. We're influencing our future years of being able to move well in the hip joint because when you don't move so well in the hip joint over a series of years, there can be issues that crop up. It could be As bad as having like a labrum, labral tear or cartilaginous degeneration, which is essentially osteoarthritis of the hip. Or it could be more subtle and you could just start to get a lot of achiness in your low back. And you're not as energy efficient, economical when you're walking or running because you're actually not being able to use your glute maximus to extend your hip well. So, really focus on. Am I moving in my hips or my pelvis? Another thing to consider, especially if you're practicing yoga, am I flinging myself through space or am I controlling the descent and ascent versus gravity? So we have this amazing force upon us that helps us hold us to the earth that we can also really use to facilitate our own strengthening. So if we're in a plank position, for instance, we have gravity... Coming, pushing down on us, and that makes us stronger. And then we have the floor that's helping us to hold our position against gravity by giving us something to push into. And so if I'm moving from standing down to the ground or vice versa, are you able to do that with some degree of control? So you're not just flinging, but you're actually using gravity to get you stronger. If you are in, say, plank and you're lowering to the floor, which we often do in a vinyasa type practice, and you lower to the floor and then take like a cobra or something. Are you doing that by just kind of descending without control, not being mindful of keeping the alignment as you lower? Or are you really paying attention to your alignment because that's going to serve you because you're going to hold and stabilize your spine and your pelvis more efficiently and more effectively and more in a protective way for your joints? Another thing to consider when moving is getting into the spine here, am I holding my spine like with a hug and supporting it? Or am I bending and extending the spine just where it's easier to do, like a habit? So again, that, uh, that um, example of bending over and tying your shoes, are you just rounding in the low back and doing that over and over again because that becomes a habit? And when you do that, you become actually less mobile in your thoracic spine because you're overdoing the movement in the lumbar spine. When we are, in general, when we're moving to the ground with functional movement, we want the spine actually to be held in neutral. So neutral means you're maintaining the natural curves there. And from the outside, if I were looking at you, it looks like your spine is straight because there's muscles and tissues over it. But if we were to peel away all the layers, there's actually natural curves in the spine. And maintaining those natural curves to keep the quote-unquote straight spine is very important, especially in functional movement like squatting, picking something up off the floor, walking, climbing stairs. Hinging at the hips is what we want to do. So that example I gave earlier on, knowing whether you're going to move from the hips or you just moving in the pelvis, which would then put you into moving at the spine. And when you tend to move in one area of the spine, other areas they're going to often get more restricted. It's you're overmoving in one area and undermoving in another. So we want to keep that balance. So when you're moving and you're actively trying to get some kind of movement in the spine, are you moving with a kind of equanimity to it? That there's a balance of spinal movement. All of these elements of paying attention to how you move really will translate into life. So think about this for a second. Again, it's not about micromanaging, it's about better managing of a habit. How often have you reached for chips, closing the cupboard, coming back repeatedly, eating some more chips, closing the cupboard, coming back? And how are you? Are you doing this willingly or mindfully? Or are you just it's a little bit more autopilot? I mean, we do this when we open up the refrigerator, get something out, put something. It's kind of becomes this little circuitry and we need to recircuit ourselves and change that. It isn't about, you know, trying to change a diet. It's about trying to change a habit. So these are some ways it can translate into life when you become more aware of your alignment and how you move. You will, because you're working the same mechanism in the brain, you will, will become more effective at paying attention to Am I eating when I'm hungry or am I eating because I'm bored or sad or fill in the bank blank? You know, all the things. And that doesn't mean you're never going to eat just out of something besides hunger, but it's our, the habits. That's what we want to pay attention to. The mindfulness, watching ourselves as we open up the cupboard a million times, grabbing the chips, putting them, closing it, coming back. Are we doing that because we are avoiding something else or trying to fill in something else. Similarly, are you picking up the phone and zoning out or tuning out or trying to fill up like a black hole of feeling instead of allowing maybe the feeling to be played out and observing it and then changing your response to it. So again, that alignment is about more than anything recreating and not recreating, but resetting and better managing habits that might not be serving us in the best possible way. Also, you can think about, you when you think about alignment and you're focusing that in your brain and then you bring it into your life, how are you ra- reacting to people? Are you reacting to people in the memory of your own hurt and insecurity? Or are you listening to what they're saying without making it about you? That being able to really be present and mindful and not go in the direction of a habit of that some we call trigger, pushing the button. And this is where paying attention to our alignment and our movement can make massive shifts in our lives because we can become not only more mindful for ourselves and our habits, but we can become more patient. We can become more generous. We can become more awake. And that's really ultimately what this is about. So if you hear about alignment in yoga, alignment in a practice, alignment in a movement system, don't shy away from that word. It is so important. Who doesn't want to be aligned? Who doesn't want to perform more optimally, behave more optimally, feel more optimally, it's never going to be perfect because that's not life. But if we get in the habit of paying attention, of better managing our time, our energy, the way we receive feedback, the way we communicate, we will feel the reward of that. We will feel the reward of paying attention And that's not micromanaging. It's better managing of our lives. So I hope this helps you today. And I'm pulling for you, as always.